Welcome to the LHA Church Podcast. This is Jerry Galloway, and I'm the pastor of LHA Church. Thanks for joining us today. I pray this blesses you, strengthens your faith to know that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Well, I'm excited to, uh, to share with you guys today. I actually, I hadn't even told pastor this, um, but uh, it was last, I think, Saturday, I think pastor had uh, asked me to... Uh, if I would like to, to speak uh, this Sunday. And just uh, two days before that, I was just uh, in my morning time with God and just uh, just had a download from, from God. And, and I was reading, and I was uh, reading his word, and I, and I uh, read this passage of scripture that I read a thousand times before. Uh, but then all of a sudden, I read it, and literally, um, as soon as I read it, just the Holy Spirit just uh, came down and began talking to me. And I immediately grabbed out my, uh, grabbed my notebook and started writing it down because I knew it was something that I was supposed to speak and preach. And I knew it wasn't on a Wednesday and it was a Sunday that I was supposed to speak this. And it was just two days later that pastor called me, hey, you interested in um, speaking next week? And uh, so obviously I was like, I can do that. And, uh, and, uh, and so, yeah, so I believe, I, I, you know, preachers say this all the time, I don't plan on going real long. Uh, but that's usually a lie that the preacher has to repent from after he preaches. Uh, but I don't plan on going real long today because um, in that moment in time, God just uh, downloaded uh, just two thoughts um, in my spirit uh, that morning, two things that I believe that he wants his people to know and understand. And I talked about, um, I mean, it's probably a few months ago, I talked a little bit about the authority that we have in Christ and who we are in Christ. Uh, and today I just want to uh, talk a little bit more about that and uh, talk about two things or two areas uh, that we need to live and that we need to be living actively in uh, to see that authority, to see uh, what God wants to do in our life and to, and to live that way. And I, I titled today, called, uh, the title is just called Dwelling Place. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, Lord. And God, I pray, Father, that... Just as you did with me that morning, God, I just pray, Father, your Holy Spirit, Lord God, will just now drop in our spirits your word, your powerful word, Father, your powerful truths, Lord God, into our hearts uh, today, Lord God, and that, Father, we will be motivated and that we will be activated, Lord God, to live your word, Lord God, and to live our lives for the cause of the King. And we love you, we worship you, and praise you in Jesus' name. Uh, if you would turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 17 through 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 17 through 22, and this is, this is where I was reading uh, that morning, and uh, starting in verse 17, it says, He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers. How many are thankful that you're no longer a stranger in the kingdom of God? You're no longer a stranger, but you are a son. You are a child of God, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus as himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And then verse 22, 
um, as I was reading this is when the Holy Spirit just came and began speaking to me. And verse 22 says, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Now, I, I can, how many times in life do we hear something and we know a truth, but it never really affects us or we really don't listen to it? We, we hear something over and over and over again, just like in the church. And if you've grown up in the church, uh, you know that is talked about uh, all through the years that, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. They, they wrote a song about, no, you're not, no, you're not, you are the temple. You remember, you, nobody remembers that? Or you're just shocked by my great singing voice. That's probably, that's probably what happened right there. And, and, so, and so we sing about it, we, we talk about it, but a lot of times with a lot of things that are said, sometimes we kind of lose really what it means. And we not only lose it, but we really don't live it and understand how the fact that God said that we are the dwelling place for his spirit, how that should change how we live and what we do. We see it all the time in the world. How many times do you hear uh, statements like, uh, don't count your chickens before they hatch? But how many times do we count our chickens before they hatch? You know, you, you know there's this great truth, don't count your chickens before they hatch. And, and some, some younger people are like, have you ever heard that before? I've never heard that. And, and, but yet we still do it. How many times do we find ourselves counting things before it actually comes in? And then when it comes to it, we're like, oh, boy, I shouldn't have done that. And we see that. And so we don't apply that truth to our life. And then you hear other statements like um, in the office all the time. I always, I, I mean, I've heard this a thousand times. And, and pastor will say, because he does call her Sister Paula in the office. And he says, and he'll say, Sister Paula, I told you a thousand times to shut your light off in your office when you're not in there. And he says that over and I've heard it a thousand times. He said, but guess what? She still keeps her light on in the office and and i'm just i totally just messing it's usually me that leaves the light on and so uh so yeah and you know and pastor you know sometimes i've left and he's he will send me a picture of my light on in my office even after <laughs> after i left his stuff and then the and that's okay but he actually takes out of my paycheck any extra electricity and and so so i'm trying to get better at that but how many times have we told our kids or whatever i've told you a thousand times and it just doesn't seem to sink in hey we're not heating the outside shut that door you know i told you a thousand times shut that door and then how many swore that we would never say that because our parents said it to us a thousand times and we swore we would never say that to our kids but we do and and so it's so yeah so these statements sometimes they're repeated they're said a lot but even in the world on just simple statements like that that they're truth but yet a lot of times they don't really seem to change our behavior or our actions and so when the word of God teaches us that we are the dwelling place of his spirit, that should really mean something. That should really mean something to us. And so I want to talk about two areas that the Holy Spirit just downloaded. It says, listen, you are the dwelling place of my spirit. And here's two things. Here's two things, two areas that I want you to share with the people about this subject of you being the dwelling place 
be in the dwelling place of my spirit. And the first one is this, is, is, is God just downloaded my spirit and he said, number one, live with honor. Live with honor. Live with honor. I am in you. I am, a, I am in you. You are my dwelling place. And because I live in you, I'm calling you to live with honor, to live with character. And, and the Lord just began downloading this because um, in the end, he was teaching me, um, here's the reasons why we're not seeing what we should see in the church world today. Here's the reasons why we're not seeing it because they're not truly living like I'm living inside of them. Their lives are not being affected the way that I intended for their lives to be affected. And so we see that. And so the first thing God said is that we need to live with honor. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 through 20, it says this. Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom, have you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own, but you are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. Now, if you go back and, and read that today and, and read the scriptures going up to that and leading up to that scripture, you'll see that they were dealing with a lot of stuff. There was a lot of things going on in the church. People were giving, um, supposedly people who had the living God living inside of them, the spirit of God living inside them, were giving themselves over to all kinds of lust, all kinds of pleasures, and just giving themselves to the world. And he's saying, listen, so we go and you read that chapter, and then you'll see that the ending point is like, listen, understand that you are the temple of this uh, of the Holy Spirit. So honor God, let me say it with this way, with your actions, with what you do, with your bodies, with what you choose to do with your bodies. Honor God. I want to say the statement, there is nothing in this world that is worth compromising your character and witness for God. There is nothing, nothing in this world that's worth compromising character and who you are in Christ. There's nothing that's worth it. I've seen people who have reached many people, has preached before many people. I'll be honest with you, I hate, it's sad to even say this, but many of my personal friends over the years that I've seen preach incredible things, invited to different places, and I've seen compromise that comes to their life. And that compromise brought so much hurt, so much destruction and devastation, not only to their life, but to the lives of the people that they were ministering to and the lives of the people that were doing. Listen, there's nothing, there's no compromise in the world that's worth giving up your honor or your character as a Christian. There's nothing, but today we see it happening a lot. Just like in the scripture that I talked about, they were having to deal with this even in the early church. They're having to deal. Listen, you're, you're, you're cutting the feet out from underneath you. If you're choosing to, to uh, submit your body to, to sexual sin and all kinds of lust of the flesh, you're cutting your legs out from um, underneath you. You're taking away the power of God in your life. 
You're taking away the power that, that God has to change everything about us, to change it, to make us more like him. And so we see this, and we see this battle going on. We see this battle going on individuals and in the church, but too many times we have compromised. We have compromised in our life. We have compromised what we allow ourselves to do, what we allow ourselves to participate in. We've allowed these things when God is saying and has taught us that we should run from these things. Don't you know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, a dwelling place of the living God? Flee from these things. Run from them. Get as far away as you can from them. Everything that you can, live in honor and character. And listen, I believe 100%. I believe that God um, gave me this word and, and spoke to me. And I'm excited about it because I believe with all my heart the reason why God is downloading this and speaking to this today, whether you're here or whether you're watching online, is because I believe that God's getting his people ready for something bigger, listen, bigger than what the world has ever seen. That's what I believe. Bigger than anything that we've ever seen before, even in history, that we're about to see a moment in time where the glory and the presence of God comes down in such a way that the entire world will be affected. The entire world will be affected. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it 100%. And so I'm excited. And then how many know sometimes that God just has to change us and correct us a little bit? Come on, how many knows that sometimes our behavior needs to be corrected? It has to happen. It needs to happen. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Oh, I love that so much. God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his wonderful light, who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You are a royal priest, a chosen people. How many know it feels good to be special to God? <laughs> that feels good to be special to him. And that's who each and every one of us, we are special to him. We've got to understand this. Is this one compromise in our honor and character can take you miles off course. No, I don't know if you guys remember before the days of uh, GPS. And, but how many's ever been on a road trip before to where you, you still had maps that, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not old enough. I was just curious if any of you guys. <laughs> and, 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 and how many has ever taken a wrong turn on one of those trips and it took you miles Miles off course. Now, let's just be honest. How many, how many, like two or three hours off course? How many's ever done that before? To where before you found out, you're like, Florida? We're supposed to be in Canada. What's going on? <laughs> and so we see that and we know that one little, one little mistake. And, and pastoral like this, uh, I, was, uh, I was reading this, 
this stat and uh, they talked about if a, if a plane was to like to leave Indianapolis and was going to New York, if, um, if they were just one degree off of their setting, by the time they got to New, to New York, they would be 50 miles off course of where they were supposed to land. Just 50 miles off course, just 1%, 1% they were off. And so, because so many of us have compromised, and so many of us have compromised, you know, honestly, what God asked us to do, and we, we've kind of like let some things in, kind of, and, and, and it might seem little or minor to us, but we've done this. But because this has happened, and that can take you miles off course, I believe that many are spiritually sick. Many people are spiritually sick today. They're not living in the power and authority that God has given us as his people because they have compromised and it has brought constant temptation and battle after battle after battle in them that, the, that Jesus won at the cross once and for all. And I believe with all my heart that when we, when we do these things and we allow these things to come in our life and we compromise in our honor and character for Jesus, that many of us are sick. Many of us are in bondage. We just can't seem to break those chains out of our life. We just, just can't seem, well we'll, well, we'll make it for two weeks. We'll make it for a month, but it seems like we're right there. But what we don't realize is the reason why we right there and back again is because of all those little compromises that keep the temptation dangling in front of us. We've got to understand that even just a little, even the smallest compromise can completely wreck our character and honor in God if we allow these things. So we're spiritually sick. We're in bondage. Many people are living today a safe, a, sorry, a self-made uh, form of Christianity. Many people today are living a self-made form of Christianity. It's happened. Now I said, no, I was like, obviously, obviously, you know, this isn't always fun when we're talking about when, you know, it's not always fun when, when we're going through this and, and really taking a, a look back and seeing where we're at, sometimes it's difficult to take and, and, and it ought, Pastor Jeremy, you're usually pretty funny and you're making me feel bad today. You know, listen, listen, sometimes, sometimes we need godly sorrow in our life. Sometimes we need godly sorrow because godly sorrow results in repentance and change. Sometimes we need godly sorrow. Sometimes we need to wake up and to see. And many of us, we, we haven't even realized that we're spiritually sick. We haven't, we haven't really thought, why is it that I keep going back to this bondage? Why is it that I, just, I keep falling, keep failing? And we don't understand that the compromises of our character and honor in our life are, are taking us to that. God is calling us to make our lives a dwelling place for the power and light of God. He's calling us to be that temple where his presence resides. He's calling us to that place to come to the place of honor and live in a life of honor and character that the power and the light of God shines forth from us everywhere we go. I know that that can happen. 
That's not just a saying that we say in church. I know that it can happen. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen. And I've been around people that just had the power and anointing of God on them so strong that when they walk by you, lightning bolts shot through your body. And I, that probably happens a lot when I'm walking by a lot of you guys too. And I know, <laughs> I'm just playing God one of these days, yes. All glory to you, Jesus. But literally, I've been to by people who are, are living in the power and light of God so strong that when they go by you, the, the glory of God literally just shoots through your body like, like lightning bolts. Has anybody ever experienced that? Been by somebody? like? I mean, you've seen it? Yes. It's not just a saying. It's where God wants all of us to be. It's where God wants all of us to be. If we're going to be there, if, this, if we're going to live in honor and character, we have got to count the cost and pick up our cross and follow Jesus. We are going to have to be willing. Listen, to live in honor and character means that we're going to have to sacrifice. We're going to have to sacrifice, that we're going to have to things that in the world that people say are good and awesome and this, we're going to have to go against the culture and sacrifice and stand out and be a stranger in this land. What I said to you was, is not anything odd or different because that's what the word of God calls us to be. It's to be strangers in this land. Our lifestyle should be strange to those who are living in the world. Well, Pastor Jeremy, I don't want to be strange. But I feel bad for you. I, I thank God I was born strange, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'm all good in that area. But God calls us to do this, but I know it's not easy. It's not easy. And there's change. Man, it's hard. It's hard to, to pick up your cross every day. And follow him. It's, there's times it gets, it gets tiring. It gets hard. And you just want to lay the cross down. Or lay it down in this area or this area. But God is saying, pick up your cross. And follow me. Live in honor and integrity. Because God, once again, wants his people to be his dwelling place. Where his glory and light is shown through this entire world. He's calling the church once again to step up, to live in that honor and glory. The second thing is this, and I talked about this uh, a few months ago and, and just a little bit about living in authority. But um, as I was out uh, that morning, as I just began writing, um, uh, the Lord just kind of began to show me why it is that so many of his people don't live in authority. Why so many of his people today don't live in that power and authority that, that they have because I dwell in them, because my presence is in them. And in John 14, 12, it says this. It says, very, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, wait, no, that, that's not right. Second, very truly, I tell you, only a certain few, such as pastors, evangelists, and some missionaries will do the works that I have been doing, and they will do even greater things 
than these because I'm going to the Father. I think that's wrong. I think what I read was right. I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> that's why I know. That's why I'm repenting right now. God, it was an illustration. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the truth is, very truly I tell you, whoever, whoever believes in me will do these works. Whoever. How many times do we not believe this? How many times do we truly not within ourselves, well, yeah, it's, that's for everybody else, but it's not for me. That's not for me. But the Bible says, tells us, whoever believes in me will do works that I've been doing and will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So I want to ask you this question. What do you see? What do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Do you, when you look in the mirror, do you see somebody who is free because of the blood of Jesus Christ? Somebody who is free and who has been set free. Do you see somebody that the power of God has touched and changed everything in your life? Or do you still see a sinner? What do you see? And there should be some slides with that. I'm not... Not sure. Okay. And so, so, what do you see? Well, God sees somebody who is free. But I believe so many people in the church have not grabbed a hold of that scripture that we started off with, talking about that the power, the spirit of God resides in us. And so we're not seeing that, but we're still seeing our flesh and what we used to be. And what we were. So are you free? Or do you still see a sinner that's not worth anything? Do you, are you forgiven? Or do you constantly see all your past failures? Are you full of power? Are you unworthy? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Are you full of light? Or are you powerless? Are you delivered? Are you faithless? Do you see yourself as the king's son or daughter or somebody that's outside the family? What do you see? And this is what God began to speak to me. He said, too many people are focusing on their past and, and all of these things and their present sins and, and, and their present failures. And they've lost track that we are never supposed to have confidence in our flesh. But we're supposed to have confidence in the one who dwells in us. That's where our confidence is. That's where we must stay. When we look, we cannot look and look at our past failures because this is what I believe. And this is what the Spirit downloaded. Too many people are cannot and are not living in the authority of Christ simply because they don't understand that when I'm in them... Their power does not come from them, but it comes from me. They don't understand it. And so they believe it's based on how they lived their entire life and all their past mistakes on whether they have the power or not to live in authority. That's why a lot of people 
And please, please don't be mad at me. A lot of people will say, well, man, we're going to have to call the pastor on this one. This is beyond me. And there's nothing wrong with reaching out for help. I'm not saying that at all. But we've got to understand that whoever, whoever calls upon me will do greater works and greater things. Whoever. We've got to understand that we have the same authority as Christ. We have the same authority as Christ. And said, you're even going to do bigger things than I did. We have the same authority because we are a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. We are a dwelling place and we've got to begin to see our lives as they truly are in God's eyes. Because God has wiped away the past. God is the Lord of our struggles. God is our King. God is our Father. And He lives in us so we can live in authority. So we can look and say to this mountain, go. So we can grab the hand of somebody lame and say, get up and walk. Because of the power of God that lives in us. And this is the time that we're coming to. I believe with all my heart that God is calling his people to begin to activate in the authority and the power of God. That I believe we're going to see miracles like I've never seen in my lifetime. I believe it with all my heart. Because God's calling us once again. He's calling the church to clean up. Get away from the world. Come out and be separate. And start living how I called you to live and how I enabled you to live. Isn't it awesome that he not only calls us, but he enables us and gives us all the tools that we need? Isn't that awesome that he enables us? We cannot do even greater things if we cannot see that we are the temple of God that houses his spirit. If we can't see that, if we can't get past all of our mistakes and all the things that we've done in our life and understand who we are in Christ, who we are in Christ, we, if we can't get past that, we're not going to do the things that God called us to do. Because if our confidence solely rests upon who we are in, the, in our abilities, then we'll never do anything. It's truth it's the truth but when we know and understand and if we grab a hold and work with the power of God that lives in us there's nothing that we can't do there is nothing that we can't do God is calling us to live in honor and authority it's time once again to take back our royal priesthood He called you royal priest. Back in the Old Testament, those in the priesthood were the only ones that were allowed to go into the presence of God after a whole lot of thanks before they could even walk into his presence. But yet after the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He says, all of you are his royal priesthood. Meaning that all of us have the authority and power 
to work, to do all the things that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, did. Every last one of us. If the worship team would come up, please. All of us have that authority. God is calling us once again to live in honor in character and authority in our lives. He's calling us to this place. He's calling us because he needs us to step up because he wants to use us. He wants to use us, his royal priesthood, to once again bring the power of God to the nations, bring the power of God to the world. That's what he's calling us to do. So it's time to take back our royal priesthood in our families, our city, our state, our nation, in every aspect of our life, in our world, it's time that we step up and live as God's royal priest. If everybody could stand this morning, please. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to ask if you're in this place, and this is not, it's not meant to embarrass you at all. I'm just, if you're in this place and you came here, because I'm telling you the presence of God is in this place from the very moment that the worship team began to sing, the presence of God has filled this place. And if you're in this place and you are not in relationship with Jesus Christ, if he is not your Lord and Savior who you have given your life to, and if you're in this place and you say, that's me, and I want that relationship with Jesus Christ. He hung on the cross for each and every one of us, publicly displayed in front of all. If you're in this place, just before we move on to in the altar time, if you're in this place, if that you say, that's me. I, I do not want to leave this place without giving my heart to Jesus Christ. If that's you, just make your way out of your seats and come up front. If there's anybody here, that's me. I want to give opportunity. If you're here and you say, that's me, that's me. Anybody in this place, that's me. Just come. Find a place up front here. If that's you, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy. Today in closing, because I, I, I asked the Lord, how, how, how do you want me to end this? What do you want me to do? I really believe that God just, for those who are able to, just to come. You know, in the Old Testament, you'll see in times of reform, in times when they walked away from their idol worship and all of these things. Many times, the king and the priest would gather everyone and they would declare that this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to serve God. We're going to get rid of these things. And they would declare it. And all together, the nation would join together in declaring, in declaring what God was going to do in their nation. What God was going to do in them and they would declare it they would seal it and so if you can this morning if you have to go through the aisleways whatever I'm just going to ask this morning that we end as we just come and just uh, in worship just uh, begin to give God praise 
but as a declaration saying, God, I want to give you everything. I want to live with honor. I want to, once again, I want to live as your royal priest. God, I want to give you my character. I want to, God, any compromise that's taken me off course, I want to give to you. God, today I want to live in your authority. I once again want to see who it is that lives in me. And we're declaring today as a people, as a church, that we will be the royal priesthood of our Lord and Savior. So if you would come, for those who can, and just make your way around front as we declare this as a church this morning. Next time we pull up, I speak Jesus.